Um, so this is Vision Sunday, so it's a little bit different to our, our normal Sunday services and a normal Sunday talk. We want to celebrate what God's been doing in and through the community um, to give God glory and to stir up faith for the road ahead. Now you'll see on your pews um, these little booklets. We're launching the All In campaign. Um, now I want to encourage you, because I know it'd be tempting during the talk just to flick open the book and start reading. There's such a thing as delayed gratification. Um, it's, it's a real thing. Um, so I want to encourage you to delay gratification to put these down on the floor or put them in your bags read them when you get home um, because I want to share some stuff that I want people to tune into because I feel like God is stirring something beautiful in this community at this time um, so before we zoom in and explore and I'll try and explain the all-in campaign can we zoom out and I want to sort of give you an overview of the spiritual journey of KXC in the last year sort of summarizing some of the teaching series that we've we've looked at together across the three different congregations um, so I'm going to take you back to this time last year and um, anyone remember the from breakdown to breakthrough teaching series um, about four of you that's encouraging um, so essentially we, we looked at the lives of King Jehoshaphat two chronicles 20. We looked at the story of Elijah coming to a standstill in the, in the wilderness, Nehemiah, as he was rebuilding the walls, and essentially asked the question, when we come to the end of ourselves and we turn to God, what happens next? Um, and the summary from those stories is that when you find God in a place of real vulnerability, brokenness and weakness, you discover a beautiful truth that God's power is made perfect in weakness, right? Um, and I think as a church, we hit a point about a year ago where life just felt hard and there were obstacles and there was challenges and I was in a fairly dark place. Um, but it just felt like there was a vulnerability, like a weakness, if you like, but that God was in it and that we shouldn't run from it. We should embrace it and recognize that God takes the weak things to shame the strong, the foolish things to shame the wise. God's power is made perfect in weakness. And we started sharing stories from church history of people that hit this point of breakdown, but it led to a breakthrough. So the story of Martin Luther, and we love telling stories about the Reformation and the impact it had on transforming the landscape of a whole continent, the spiritual, social, economic, political landscape of Europe and beyond. But the story we often don't tell is of Luther's breakdown beforehand, where he found himself struggling with deep depression and anxiety, exhaustion, burnout, essentially crying out to God, would the light of your kingdom break into the darkness that I feel like surrounds me? And it was in that darkness as he opened up the Psalms and was reading Romans um, that he came across and was reminded of and Paul's teaching on justification by faith. And, and this revelation brought light into his life and the ripple effects went far and wide and the Reformation began to spread through Europe and transformed a continent, right? So he went from breakdown, but finding God in the midst of his vulnerability and weakness, and it led to a breakthrough in the kingdom of God. How beautiful is that? And we told the story of Wesley, of the, the great awakening of the 18th century. And again, this nation was transformed. If you read the history books, a lot of scholars would say that the revolutions that were sweeping through Europe and in France, they didn't come to the British Isles because a different revolution took place. It was called the Revival, the 18th century awakening. But the story we often don't tell is of Wesley's breakdown beforehand. He spent two years as a, a minister in Oregon, uh, in Georgia, in the U.S., and those two years as a priest there just went horribly wrong. Um, he had to get on a boat and come back home. Lawsuits were filed against him. He came back dejected, deeply, deeply discouraged. And he, he wrote to a friend and said, look, I don't, wanna, I don't know what to do next. And the friend said, look, I want to encourage you. 
to go to a prayer meeting in Aldersgate. I'm hosted by the Moravian Church. Um, so he rocked up at this prayer meeting. And if you know the story, he encountered the spirit of God. His heart was strangely warmed that the fire from heaven fell upon him. And that was the beginning of the awakening that spread through this country, where tens of thousands of people came to faith and, and culture experienced an awakening and new businesses and schools and hospitals, all sorts of things kicked off because of the fire of God falling upon someone. There was a breakdown, um, but they turned to God and their moment of weakness and it led to a breakthrough. And then we told the story of John Wimber, um, who was one of the leaders of the charismatic renewal movement that swept through this country in the 80s and 90s. And essentially, he's a guy from California, passed away now. Um, But he'd been reading the book of Acts and came to the conclusion that what you read in the book of Acts should be normative for the church today. So why aren't we seeing more healings and more of the signs and wonders of the kingdom and more people coming to faith? Um, So he started to pray for it. He started to work towards it and spent two years giving himself to that ministry. And after two years, he hit a point of burnout. And he tells this story in some of his books where he's in a hotel room and he basically has an argument with God and says, God, like I quit. Like I'm throwing the towel in. Like I've been praying. I've been working towards this. I've seen like nada. Nothing happening. Like where are you? And he felt God speak to him at that point and say, John, I've seen what you can do. Now I want to show you what I can do. And that was the turning point. And suddenly the healing ministry kicked off. Um, he started coming over to the UK and was, you know, ministering at HDB and St. Andrews Chorley Wood and St. Michael's Le Belfry. And this sort of renewal movement, charismatic renewal movement swept through the UK. Um, we celebrate the stories of that, but we forget to tell the story of a guy who hit burnout and breakdown, but turned to God in a moment of weakness. And the breakdown led to a breakthrough. Um, Jesus In in the the message translation of Matthew 5 says this, this is beautiful. He says, you're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. With less of you, there is more of God and his rule. Like not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. So we as a church hit this moment of vulnerability, but discovered God there and beautiful things began to emerge. We then did a teaching series in September called The Church on Fire, The City Alive. And we looked at some of the stories of revival, um, stories from the Outer Hebrides in the 50s, stories from Azusa Street, um, stories from the Evangelical Awakening that I've mentioned and asked questions like, what does it look like when the church starts praying, getting on its knees and taking prayer seriously? What does it look like when we take personal holiness seriously? What does it look like when the fire of God falls? When it's not just like a trickle of people coming to faith, like the ones and twos that we celebrate on an alpha course, but when there's a tidal wave of salvation. Like what does it look like when the, the fire of heaven falls and the church is set on fire? And what does it look like in the culture to see the church empowered by the spirit of God, living for the purposes of God, um, seeing the city come alive? And we, we started telling these stories to wet the appetite of Lord, we want to see it happen again. We want to see it happen on our watch. So we looked at Habakkuk, the story of the prophet, and God says to him in Habakkuk chapter one, he says, look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed because I'm about to do something that if I was to give you a heads up, this is a paraphrase of the text, um, a heads up, you would not believe me. Um, And then in Habakkuk chapter three, the prophet responds and says, Lord, I've heard of your fame and I stand in awe of your deeds. Repeat them like in our time, do it again in wrath. Remember mercy. And we essentially made that prayer our prayer. 
at, at a time of cultural uncertainty, where people are panicking, essentially saying, God, we've, we've read the stories. We've heard of the stories in scripture, in church history, the moves of the spirit. Lord, we stand in awe of your fame, in awe of your deeds. Lord, would you do it again? Crying out for the church to be set on fire and for the city to come alive. Um, We then had planned a teaching series on the authority of scripture. Pete James had put a huge amount of work into preparing this beautiful teaching series. And we were in a staff meeting and we were praying. And it just felt like it wasn't the teaching series to do. So we said to Pete James, thanks for all the hard work, but we're going to sack off that teaching series. Um, So we'll probably come back to it at some point. But we felt like we needed to speak into this subject of the war of disaster. Put your hand in the air if you remember this teaching series. Okay, slightly more than four. That's encouraging. And progress. Um, And essentially, we, we were looking at what is it? look like in our lives to love Jesus above all else, to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, trusting that everything else will find its rightful place when Jesus comes first. Because hopefully a lot of us will remember when we came to faith and our deepest desire was that we would worship Jesus, heart, soul, mind and strength. But then life kicks in and commitments kick in and and we get busy and, and incrementally, it always happens incrementally, right? That we begin to redirect our desires away from Jesus and we seek second or seek third the kingdom of God and what we seek first often is like popularity or success in the workplace, or just a comfortable life. Or we begin to think that maybe marriage will define us and and bring us the life that we're longing for, the healing that we're, we're looking for. And these misdirected loves lead to misdirected lives. We begin to ask these questions like, why is this not the fullness of life that, that I was hoping for, that, that Jesus promised? And it's because we moved away from Jesus and directed our, our loves in, in these different directions. And what does it look like to say, Jesus, I turn back to you? It was essentially a teaching series on, on repentance and holiness of like, Lord, we don't want to seek you second, third, fourth, fifth. We want to seek you first. Seek first the kingdom of God. And God started doing a beautiful thing in that season. Um, and honestly, in the last six months since yeah, I don't know if you've noticed, we kind of had a little taste of it this evening, that there's just more engagement in our gatherings in terms of worship. There's a greater spiritual hunger in the room. There's a greater intimacy with the Father. You can feel it, right? And why don't we just thank our worship team who've led the way. Just give them a round of applause. We then had a Christmas break, which was fun. And then we had the KXC weekend away, which was just a massive celebration in a beautiful spa hotel just outside Milton Keynes. Um, And it was an opportunity to kick back, to relax, to enjoy community. Almost 400 of us went away. And Julian Katia Adams um, from South Africa came to speak. And I think what they brought in terms of their messages was essentially um, the gift of faith. That you could feel faith rise in the community, that this was a new season, a season of the spirit. Um, And people started dreaming with greater confidence because the spirit of God is is on the move. And the key text that came up from that time was Isaiah 43. Forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up, do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. And over the course of the weekend, you could, you could just sense people saying, like, I do perceive it. I, I can feel it. Like the Spirit's doing something new. And this all-in campaign is essentially us being responsive to what the Spirit's stirring in the community. We then started a teaching series in the book of Acts called Origins, Exploring the Way of the Early Church. 
really we were trying to answer the question, what did the early church do in terms of responding to the outbreak of the Spirit at their time? And what might we learn as the Spirit begins to move? How might we respond and learn from their example? And if you read the book of Acts, and hopefully most of us did, just went through the book of Acts chapter by chapter, you normally hit chapter 2, and at verse 42, you just stop and say, like, wow, like, this community, it's an unbelievable vision for Christ-centred community. Let me read it to you. So this is a description of the, of the early church. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with gladness and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. That's amazing, right? Daily. Like, this isn't like incremental growth. This is Pentecost, 3,000 come to faith. The next public sermon is like 5,000 come to faith. And then every day people are joining this community. There was a gravitational pull towards Jesus, towards this Christ-centred community. What do we learn from this Vision of the early church, two things briefly, um, that this was a community for all. This gospel message was radically, radically inclusive, breaking down all of the barriers at that time and inviting everyone in. So just listen to the language and it dominates right throughout the book of Acts. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They gave to anyone who had need. They enjoyed the favour of all the people. Constantly, all, everyone, anyone, all. A radically inclusive gospel message. So it was a community for all, but more than that, it was a community that gave all. Like a radically committed, all-in community. So listen to the language. They devoted themselves. The language of devotion isn't sort of like dipping your toe in. It's like just jumping in, right? Like to devote yourself is to make something your highest priority, your highest pursuit. And they devoted themselves to the teaching of the scriptures and to this community. Um, listen to the language of, of essentially unity. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Like that's a vision of incredible generosity. It goes on in verse 45. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Who's the they? in that they sold property and possessions. Was it like the keynotes? Because we know every church has the keynotes, the really keen crowd. Was it like the committed few? Was it the leadership team? And the they, in verse 45, you get the answer from reading verse 44. All the believers, right? Not just the committed few. Like everyone was selling possessions um, to give to those that were in need so they could eradicate poverty in their midst. It's one of the most incredible verses from the book of Acts. It says they had no needy persons amongst them. Like they overcame poverty because of their radical, radical generosity. So they were a community for all. They were a community that gave all. And then just notice the language that appears. Here's just a few examples. If we went through the whole book of Acts, we'd be here all day. Um, So chapter 1, verse 14. They all joined together constantly in prayer. So when it came to prayer, they were all in. Total commitment. Acts 2 verse 1, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. So when it comes to gathering to open themselves to the Spirit of God, they were all in. Um, Verse 44, all the believers were together and had everything in common. So when it came to hospitality, generosity, they were all in. 
Chapter 4, verse 32. All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. So in terms of unity behind a vision, they were all in. I'm laboring the point, but hopefully you get it. Here's the summary. They were... All in. Fantastic. And that's what we've been learning from the early church. As they were responding to an outbreak of the Spirit at their time, they were all in. And that's what we believe um, is our rightful response in this season, is to be open to what the Spirit is doing, to be all in. So we're going to do three things. We're going to look back with gratitude. We're going to look forward with faith. We're going to act now with generosity. So let's start by looking back. Johnny mentioned this at the beginning of the service. Like stirring up gratitude because gratitude releases faith. And then as we look forward, we begin to look through the lens of faith. And then we begin to act with generosity. So we're going to look back. Um, So in this last financial year at KXC, for the math maths nerds you're gonna love this um there's no shame in being a maths nerd by the way i'm one of those i studied maths at university so this stuff brings me to life this is my love language right now a pie chart and with different colors it's beautiful um so essentially over the last year at kxc seven hundred fifty thousand pounds was given um by the members of this congregation like that, that is remarkable. 99% of that was given by the people of the congregation. So any myths that people might have that essentially there's a wealthy donor in the States or the, or the Church of England just bankrolls all of this, um, those aren't true. Like this is the generosity of the people in the pews backing the vision, giving £750,000. Don't you think that's remarkable? Look around the room. The average age at KXC across the three congregations is around 26 um, so this kind of generosity, it's, it's reckless, but this is part of our vision statement, to recklessly give ourselves away to God, each other, and the people of King's Cross. Um, so here's what the money has, has gone on. So 24% Sundays and worship, 16% discipleship and community, 16% mission, which is the compassion ministries and evangelism, 10% mission grants that we give away to other projects and communities, 6% church planting. So when you add up those three, essentially 32%, almost a third, is given in mission. central resources, the operational running of the church. 10% um, towards our common fund, the Church of England. That essentially in giving towards this common fund, um, every single parish across the land is engaging and serving their local community. Isn't that an amazing vision? That the Church of England is reaching out to everyone in society. It's the common fund that enables that to happen. Um, So this is what we're giving towards. Um, And we want to share some stories now. Before we share the stories, I'm going to get some people to the front to give a brief overview of some of what is stirring. Um, Firstly, we're not doing this to take the credit ourselves. This isn't a moment where we pat ourselves on the back and say, aren't we amazing? Um, We are an imperfect church, and we're an imperfect church led by imperfect leaders. Um, So we've got our own areas of brokenness and weakness, um, but we rejoice in the fact that God takes ordinary people like you and me and chooses to do extraordinary things through us. So we're sharing these stories not to brag, but to give glory to God, to celebrate that he would use people like you and I to establish his kingdom in King's Cross and beyond. So this is about giving God glory and celebrating his hand amongst us. But the second reason I want to tell the stories is your money has enabled this to happen, right? So if, if you're involved in the financial world and you make investments, you want to know how your investments are doing, right? Um, we want you to know that the 750000 that's been given, this is what your money has released in terms of kingdom activity. Um, so we want to celebrate some of the stories and what better way to start than getting Karis up to talk about <clears throat> what's happening in Pentonville Prison. Thanks. Hello. 
Um, yeah, we have a, a team here, prisons ministry team at Kirksey, and um, I work in Pentonville part-time as a lay chaplain. Um, so uh, it's lovely to just have Kirksey um, with me during the week. It's really fun. Um, so we help run the Alpha course, which is on a Wednesday afternoon, and um, we help run one Sunday service a month, the second Sunday of each month. And it's been like just the most beautiful year. Um, we kind of average around 25 to 35 guys come in every week on the Alpha course. Um, and last year, um, we baptized nine guys in the summer, which was really fun. Um, and more than that, we saw them um, develop in their faith and develop um, personally and in their sort of fellowship with one another. Um, so they, were, they started praying together on the wing. Um, they had Bible studies on the wing. They played the Kirksey worship album on the wing, um, which was, uh, we just sort of sat there and just watched it all unfold, which was really, really cool. Um, and it also, what that meant was that um, they wanted to go deeper. So they wanted extra um, teaching and things. So we started a new group on the Thursday afternoons, which is um, for anyone, it's called Alpha Plus. So it's like a follow-on from Alpha for anyone who wants like to be discipled. And um, so we did a Bible course. Um, and then we actually, the Church of England is um, piloting at the moment a um, peace and reconciliation course. And so we piloted that um, just recently in that group. And that was about being people of peace, which um, as you can imagine, prison is like the least peaceful place ever. So um, doing that with um, a group of men was really fun. Um, So it's just, I'm excited for this year. Um, I just want to say thank you to my prisons ministry team, if you're in the room, um, because you guys are amazing. um, And the staff team get involved. You guys come in um, and teach on the Alpha course and stuff, like Tim and Lulu and Pete and Pete. So, um, yeah, I'm just really grateful. Thanks. Round of applause to Karis. Amazing. Amazing. Nine people coming to faith and getting baptised in prison. That's amazing. So exciting. Um, Dan, if you want to come to the front, and whilst Dan makes his journey to the front, and want to celebrate the work... Oh, you're only there. It's not a long journey. Want to celebrate the work of Art Coworking, which is a co-working space that we launched as a church to serve the business community, small business community in King's Cross and beyond. Here's a little video, um, an update from Art Coworking. Hi, I'm Nick. I run Art Coworking with Gavin and Philippa. What is ARC? ARC is an affordable co-working community for freelancers, startups, social enterprises and charities with a heart to impact our local area for good. Over the past three years, we've had the privilege of seeing around 240 different businesses come through our space, through our memberships, through meeting rooms, through private offices, 10% of which we've given discounts and bursaries to. Um, last year, we started ARC for Good, which is our way of giving back to our local area. So 10% of all members' income goes outside of ARC. Last year we gave 12k away to different charities in King's Cross and further afield and a further 12k we've set aside to raise up new leaders in KXE and with other churches, helping those churches establish their own art co-working communities and um, engaging with their business community. Fun. And, and then... This is just really exciting. Um, I went on, did a Google search, startups.co.uk, big website for, for startups and social enterprises, um, named Art Coworking as the best co-working space in London for charity startups and social enterprises. Isn't this amazing that we get to serve the small businesses of this area in such a practical way? Dan! Round of applause for Dan! 
quick update on CAP then. So CAP, Christians Against Poverty, um, is a national charity. They partner with lots of local churches, so we're one of them. We've been partnering with them for the last two years, and we run the Islington CAP Centre. So we've seen over that last two years over 100 families through the Islington CAP Centre. Many of them are signed up and are paying in and are on their way to going debt-free. We've seen six families so far already go debt-free and many more en route. Um, yeah, and the model, the way we do that is to go into people's homes. So we um, get invited behind people's front doors into often led the darkest moments when they're really um, struggling. They've, they've rung us in, in um, yeah, the darkest moments in their life often. And we get to sit with them. And it's such a privilege to sit and to listen and to share stories with them and to pray with them. Um, and we often go back a second time, a third time, and, and they say, can we pray again? We want to pray, and, and it's just amazing. The stories come out of those moments, of actually sitting with people in those moments. Um, and we do that by bringing, uh, there's, there's myself, there's another chap, Andrew, and there's soon to be another lady called Debbie. So there's three of us, we're trained as debt coaches, and we bring you guys. So we bring people from KXC and from other local churches, and um, it's a privilege as our church community to be able to visit those in our local area and journey with them out of debt and through all sorts of other things. Um, what was I going to say next? We're, gr- we're growing. Yeah. One thing is fun is we're growing. So we've partnered with a number of other local churches. So beyond KXC, there's a church, uh, Canterbury. In Canterbury is one in Clerkenwell. We're now partnering with one in Angel. Um, so what, what our aim is, is to... Um, take people, and, and it's working really well up on Essex Road in Canterbury. I'm going and visiting clients with volunteers from um, a church up there, a Baptist church, and they're making these beautiful friendships where they're carrying on that friendship long after I've gone. They're going into their homes, they're cooking dinner for them, they're inviting them into their church community. So it's really cool that as KXC, we're enabling and equipping people from other local churches to, to reach people in debt in their area, all across Islington. Um, and a, a new update is that we're going to partner with the Well Church, which meet up in Angel. So the third lady, Debbie, is coming to join in. So we're going to actually grow from seeing four new clients a month to six new clients a month. So we need some more help with that from you guys. Um, and another quick thing to mention is we've been uh, partnering with, uh, as well as CAP, also with LCM, London City Mission. So I'm in a world of three-letter acronyms. Um, <laughs> We are running a job club, and that's been the last eight weeks, a Steps to Employment course, which has been such a privilege to, uh, just in a community centre up the road, journey with a group of about 10 people, but next we're going to run another course in May, which will be bigger. Um, and we've done stuff like interviews and CVs and applications, but we've also just been able to get feedback from them of what a privilege it's been for, to receive a real amazing welcome and embrace when they're feeling so insecure. Many of them have been um, unemployed for a long, long time, and they've just felt their confidence built and their sense of self-worth built, been able to pray with them, and, and that's going to grow as well. So keep in touch. Yeah, amazing. Round of applause. Amazing. Love the work of CAP. Um, here's a quick update. Andy and Hannah Thielen have launched, they, from KXE, they've launched um, an ecumenical youth group. Basically, a load of churches in the area recognising that we need to reach out to young kids on the estates, off the Cali Road and beyond. So church is coming together to launch this youth group called First Fridays. Here's a quick update from First Fridays. I'm Andy and this is Hannah. We are working together 
on First Fridays, which is a collaborative youth project in the Kings Cross Caledonian Road area. We're doing youth work at St Andrews and some projects such as girls group and home group with all of the youth in the same area. I think the ways we've seen God on the move is just through what's been on our hearts and how we just want to take God, such Jesus and the gospel to these young people who just really need it. And over the last year, we've seen roughly 20 young people become Christian, and it's just been amazing. It's been so good and such an honour to be part of their walk, and I know that many others at KXC have also been part of that. It's been great. Amazing. Amazing. I I think sometimes you just have to name what's going on. Like nine people coming to faith in the prison, 20 young people coming to faith on one of the toughest estates in in London. Like the spirit of God is moving. It's so exciting. Naomi, come and tell us about Growing Hope. Round of applause for Naomi. Hey, so Growing Hope is a charity providing free therapy for children and young people with additional needs in partnership with KXC. And we aim to grow hope for children, hope for families and hope in Jesus. And it's just been such an incredible first year and a bit. We've seen over 130 children, young people, parents, siblings, teachers in the course of that year. And one of the things that we've done recently is a course called When Dreams Change. And that's all about what it's like to be a parent of a child with additional needs, to have hopes and dreams your child and then actually realize that those hopes and dreams have to change as you realize that your child has needs and the feedback that we've had from that course has been amazing it's just that parents have had the opportunity and felt that they then had permission to talk about some of the things that they find really hard to have moments where actually where it is sad where it is frustrating where there are challenges for them and to not feel alone in that experience and it's just been amazing to journey with families in that and just journey with children generally to be able to share the hope and the value that Jesus speaks into each of their lives to be able to pray with families who come along. And in terms of clinic, we've seen 86% of the goals that we've set in clinic met, which has been amazing. Um, We have children such as, we've got a little boy who's 10 and he couldn't use his knife and fork properly. So what that meant for him was that he often found it quite embarrassing, you know, if he had friends for tea or went over to a friend. But now he's learned to be able to use his knife and fork so he doesn't need to be embarrassed anymore, which is so great. And then just generally, as Growing Hope, we want to be able to be a national charity. So we want to be able to plant clinics in local churches across the UK. And we're really excited that one of the first clinics we're going to be launching is uh, in our, one of our church plants, so at St. Peter's Broccoli. So that's super exciting. Yeah, amazing. Round of applause for, for Naomi. Um, here's a video update of the student ministry. Hi, I'm Lois and this is Dan and we're in the apprenticeship year on the student team with Johnny. We have between 120 and 150 students who call KXC their home and around 100 in our hubs. There have been so many highlights across the last year, including gathering around 80 students on two weekends away. And we've been so excited to do Alpha through the student hubs this term, Um, an opportunity to invite friends along to discuss faith, life and everything in between. It's been so encouraging to know that every student who's been a part of a hub this term and has been through the foundations of their faith invited friends along in what we know is a really pivotal part of their life. Yeah, and so good to see our students grow in faith in things like prophecy for each other, prayer on the streets, as well as in creative ways like James's Kickstarter for a short film and Hannah who heard about a need that fit her gifts and she's now teaching dance in Brooklyn's already nine classes. Yeah, so encouraged that the students are growing in their faith, some experiencing significant inner healing this year, as well as those outside of the church being invited in and finding community. We love the students at KXC. 
We, we could spend hours just sharing the stories, so we're going to spend hours just, no, no, we're not. Um, but we don't have much time, so let me just give you some of the overview of other ministries. Pattern, which is this discipleship resource where um, groups of threes and fours get together and go on this journey of developing spiritual discipline, spiritual practices to help them be with Jesus, become like Jesus and do the stuff that Jesus did. Um, and since the relaunch of Pattern in October 2018, 62 Pattern groups have been formed. So that's almost 200 people in the community in these disciples groups developing spiritual disciplines which is so encouraging since 2016 when we first launched it 402 people have been through the training and just think of the impact on their lives as they're developing these spiritual practices it's so encouraging hubs we currently have 47 hubs meeting in homes these are groups between 10 to 15 um, choosing to live in and live out the story of god hang out build community reach their their neighborhoods 47 hubs and that means 507 people have have space to, to belong and find that kind of community so if you lead hub just put your hand in the air if you lead one of these these small groups these hubs can we just give these guys a huge round of applause so encouraging um with our kids work we've got 55 in fact abby just come and very briefly tell us what's happening little haven round of applause for abby Hey everyone, I'm here sharing on behalf of Anna James who oversees Little Haven. I'm just along for the ride. Um, so we uh, are a community of families, carers um, and young kids zero to four. Um, and it's a really simple concept actually. They just come from the local community, they play, um, but probably more impactful than that. It's just a place for parents who might be finding parenting or life a little bit tricky um, to just come and just have a space to just chill out, to just sit, to have a coffee, to chat. Um, and we've had a real privilege of praying with some of the guys who are finding um, life a little bit tricky at the moment. Um, so we've had over 50 um, families from the local community come. Um, and over 41 of those um, haven't been to church, don't come to KXC. Um, so it's a really crucial touch point for the local community. Yeah. That's it. That's Little Haven. Round of applause. So all things new, this time last year we recorded a live worship album in Scala, um, wanting to equip the wider church with songs that help people encounter God. Um, And those songs are now being sung across the world, that isn't hyperbole, that isn't an exaggeration. Two million listens across the different formats in the past year. Put your hand in the air if you've heard that worship album. not enough of you. Not enough of you. Um, it's a beautiful album. We're hugely proud of our worship team and the songs that they're writing to help us encounter Jesus. Um, here's a fun one, Newcomer's Meals. So this isn't just rocking up on a Sunday. This is actually coming on a Sunday and then saying, oh, I actually want to come to Newcomer's Meal to find out more of the vision because I want to belong. In the last six months alone, 180 people have been welcomed into the church through a Newcomer's Meal. We had this one story of a, a lady that just Googled the church, didn't even come to a Sunday service, went straight to a newcomer's meal, was welcomed into community and subsequently given her life to Jesus. This stuff is so encouraging. Final one, and we sent out a team nine months ago um, of about 20 um, to plant or revitalise this amazing church in um, South East London in Broccoli. So Ben and Hanel joined our team for a few months and then took a team and and, and they were sent off. Um, And some amazing things are happening in St Peter's Broccoli right now. Lots and lots of people coming to faith. They started with a group of 40 on Sunday morning they've over trebled in size so when I went to speak a few weeks ago there's over 120 people they've started an evening service they've started a a dance project in the local community Um, they've had to close bookings because they've had over 200 people subscribe from the sort of two-year-olds through to the sort of 85-year-old ladies learning dance finding community building friendships this stuff is so encouraging Um, so to celebrate can we just give God a massive round of applause of all that's happening 
So this is what God is doing, extraordinary things through an ordinary community. This is where your money has been invested and there's so much fruit. So we are so grateful to you. So let's look forward with with new levels of faith. Um, Here's what's stirring. Here are our priorities for the season ahead. Number one, prayer and worship. We believe the spirit is stirring something new. Our number one response should be prayer, getting on our knees and saying, God, would you align us with what you're doing? And we want to seek first the kingdom of God, trusting you for everything else. So number one, prayer and worship. Secondly, we believe this is an entrepreneurial season. Like new ideas, there's been some kingdom dreaming that that has been taking place. And we want to seed fund that. And I'm going to talk about that in a minute. But just to give you a flavour of a few of the entrepreneurial ideas, combating issues of poverty in this area, um, cue the video and here's some of what's stirring. In July 2017, I was in Lebanon with KXC's trip to help out in a Syrian refugee camp. And while I was there, I was at a co-working space called the Olive Grove and met a lady called Elizabeth, who she'd um, met Syrian women who were begging on the streets with their kids and had just felt moved by this and wanted to do something to help. So she taught them to hand make notebooks and she'd sort of started this job creation project. But when I met her, they didn't have a website or an e-commerce store or anything like that. And because that's what I do day in, day out um, back in London for my job, I saw an opportunity to get involved with the project and help sort of take it to the next level. So what came easily to me was something they really needed. And the project now supports four Syrian families. So it provides housing, it provides food, um, kind of food stamps, and a tutor for the kids who aren't in school. So over the last few years living in the Cali Road area, I've really felt like God has been sharing his compassion with me for the lonely and isolated in what is quite a diverse and divided borough Um, and simultaneously he's really given me so many opportunities to uh, develop and explore my own creativity when it comes to making food so last year these two things came together and yes we canapé was born Um, it's a small catering business that makes vegan and vegetarian canapés and all the profits from it go towards a community cooking project in King's Cross in Edmonton called Cook Together. Cook Together is an initiative designed for local residents to have the opportunity to meet together when they might not otherwise cross paths, to make something really delicious and to eat together around a table. There are half a million older people who go five or six days per week without seeing or speaking to anybody. Our vision is to um, bring the kingdom of God to these people and we want to see these people flourishing. Um, We've started a project called Joy, which is all about seeing older people flourishing in life, connecting with other people, laughing, um, and we're using technology to do this. Um, In terms of why I got involved with Joy is because uh, last year I had a phase where I was feeling lonely and depressed and I felt how much more would not person who has gone through life would feel the same and if they have not seen anyone in a six week six day time that would have just been horrible um, so when Patrick shared the story with me I just felt called to do this and we have just did is taking a step of faith and mm-hmm. trying to work this project for God's kingdom to come. So we're in our early stages um, we both have a bit of technology experience and we're just using what's in our hand uh, to do this we're making unbelievable progress but we are so far out of our depth if people can um, help us, whether you've got a tech background or you know this, um, these types of people intimately, then 
um, we would love some help or if you're just available. Amazing, amazing. Two, two very quick thoughts. Yes, we canapé. That's a great name. That's a great name. Secondly, Patrick, do you just want to very quickly stand? I'm sure I'll butcher this story. Um, amazing. But, but the joy initiative that, that they're starting and others are getting involved in, I love it when the Spirit of God's on something. Lots of just coincidences, God incidences happen. So you went for a meeting in, in Parliament um, and just stumbled across the Minister for Loneliness, shared the idea, and they got really excited. Um, and then you're in another meeting, and I just love how this works out. You were sat next to the head of the geriatric society. You shared your vision. They're like, this is amazing. Both you and Paul in the tech industries using tech to, to crack some of the problems of our, our time. That's so encouraging. Here's a couple of other quick thoughts. Um, Robin, on, on the sound desk, multi-talented, you want to stand and just give a wave? So there we go. None of us could see you stand anyway, you're in darkness. Um, but Robin was serving in a hub, serving at a local food bank, and was going through a transition in his own life, and then just thought, what, what if I use like, current technology just to serve some of what's happening in the many, many food banks across the country? And is launching this new social enterprise called Banquet. Banquet provides digital services to food banks, allowing them to precisely source what they need, delivered when they need it. The generous public wants to help, but current solutions don't provide the easy direct link they're looking for. Banquet allows people to donate easily making it as easy to give to food bank as it is to tap into the tube like how amazing is this stuff that was stirred in in a hub at kxc um and then uh, one other story i could go on and on with these new entrepreneurial ideas that are emerging but philip and sarah guthrie philip's trained as a um a mediator and he's been working for the Wandsworth Mediation Centre, but he's felt they both have in their heart for the last couple of years to establish a mediation centre in the heart of King's Cross. Essentially recognising that reconciliation is at the very heart of the gospel message, but more than that, it's at the heart of any healthy community. Um, And there's a great opportunity for us to serve local communities um, by building bridges in terms of relationships um, and facilitating reconciliation. This stuff is stirring. It feels like the spirit of God, and we want to invest in it. We want to back it. Um, church planting. Um, so we're partnering with the church in um, Stroud Green, Finsbury Park area called St. Saviour's Hanley Road. So this September, we'll be sending out a team with Matt and Anna Seymour. Is Matt in the room? Um, he's not in the room. Uh, don't. There he is. Do you want to stand? Come on. There we go. So Matt is one of our ordinands. He's going to be taking a team. And we've been meeting for the last six months with the morning congregation and the evening congregation of St. Saviour's to pray in this new season, a new chapter in the story there. And we are so excited, an incredible opportunity to grow the church, but more importantly, to grow the kingdom of God in that beautiful area, Finsbury Park, Stroud, Green. Um, equally exciting. And many of you all know that sort of 18 months ago, Tim and Lulu May joined us. They were doing a joint curacy. Tim was going to be a curacy at St. Peter's, but working here part-time too, um, and that we were going to build a team, partly made up of people from St. Peter's, partly from people from KXC, and this um, community has been established called the Bang Community, an absolutely beautiful community, but they've been waiting for the right opportunity, um, and today it's public news, so I can now announce that Tim is going to be the rector of the number eight bus, um, that's obviously a, a joke, he's going to be the new rector of Bow Church, St. Mary's Bow Yeah, why don't you stand? Come on, why don't you stand? A huge round of applause. Woo! Woo! 
These guys have been so faithful. It's been hard. There is a cost to church planting, um, but they've waited for the right opportunity. So this band community is, is going to join together with the beautiful community at St. Bo's, uh, St. Mary's Bow, and, and a new chapter in the story of Bow Church will emerge. This is so exciting. And fourthly, compassion. Um, we don't want to just celebrate new, shiny things. There's some compassion ministries that we run or we partner with others that have been operating for like years, sometimes even decades. And they've faithfully been serving the most vulnerable in society and we want to back it we want to invest in this stuff our ultimate dream is to, to build a compassion center we've been trying to find the right building we haven't found one but in the meantime we want to back some of these ministries and they're doing phenomenal work often in hidden parts of London um, and then finally this is a season for evangelism I mean every season is a season for evangelism right um, but if, if you look at the research most people become most open to the gospel at a time of personal crisis in other words, they realise they need saving, that they can't save themselves. And what's true personally, I believe, is true culturally, that we're seeing a culture in crisis and there's an unbelievable openness to the gospel and openness um, to Jesus. And we need to step up and proudly declare our faith. This is the season we're entering into. It feels really exciting, but we want to invest ourselves, our heart, our time, our energy, our resources, and yes, our finances. So it's time to act with generosity. So we're launching the All In campaign. So this is what Rich Spence calls the KXE dashboard. Um, some metrics to help us monitor health in the church. Um, so we talk about come, belong, serve, give. That's what it means to be part of the family. So we roughly have 600 people um, Sunday by Sunday that come to the church. Now we reckon people come three out of every four Sundays. That's an assumption we've made. We've probably been generous in that. Um, but what that means is probably 800, maybe more, would say KXE is their home church. Now of that 800, 72% are are in a hub community or a pattern group. In other words, in community through the week, not just coming on Sundays. That's an amazing foundation, right? They're they're in community, living in and living out the story of God. What would happen if that went full the way around? 100% of people in community. That would be incredible. And we've got 38% serving on Sundays. So when you walked in, you might have noticed there was a welcome team and there was a cafe team. There's a setup team and a set down team. There's a a visuals team and a sound team. Um, In the morning, there's a kids team. There's a worship team and the list goes on. We encourage everyone to get plugged in. What would happen if 100% of people were serving on Sundays? Like Sundays would just operate so much more smoothly it's fairly stressful sometimes Um, but you don't need to know that Um, serving in the compassion ministries 27% currently serving and can we just name that wouldn't it be amazing if that just sort of like moved around the dial like we're part of a generation we care deeply about justice like make poverty history we want to close the gap between the rich and the poor that's ever growing we want to see cycles of poverty that rob people of fullness of life we want to see them broken we believe in this stuff we have a high value for this kind of stuff and yet there's moments where you recognize your beliefs and your values there's a bit of a gap between your actual actions so we believe in this stuff. If I was to ask you, what do you think KXE should be doing? I bet people would come back again and again. We should be serving the most vulnerable in society. And you're absolutely right. It's the model of the early church. But only 27% are currently serving those ministries. What would it look like if that just spun around the dial? 100% of people serving the most vulnerable people in King's Cross. That would be an incredible a vision. Like, let's make it happen. Let's be all in. And 39% and currently giving. Again, that's an amazing foundation, given £750,000. But again, what if everyone just gave what they could towards this vision? Just imagine what that would release in terms of resource um, for kingdom activity in the heart of London. 
Here's a graph showing our growth in terms of attendance over the last three years from January 16 to 19. We went from an average 320 attendance to, in January, 530. We're more, well, closer to 600 now in in March. So that's over 60% growth in terms of attendance. Um, But if you notice, the number of people giving has gone from 230 to 280. So our growth in attendance hasn't been matched by the number of people stepping in and giving, which means in this current financial year, there's an £80,000 deficit. Now, we want to cover that deficit and more than that, um, that sort of eighty to 100,000, we want to invest another 150,000 in these new ministries, this new season in the church planting that's going to go out in September and beyond. So we're wanting to generate 250,000 pounds through the all-in campaign. That's on top of what's coming in currently. So 250,000 of new money. We've never raised that much before. It's terrifying. Um, but we've got faith. We've got faith. I keep telling myself. We've got faith for this. Um, this is the staff team. Our role as the staff team is to serve what God is doing in this community. A lot of the initiatives that have been named um, weren't the ideas of people on the staff team. Growing Hope and CAP and Art Coworking and KX Branch and the list goes on. People in the church had a vision for something and the spirit was stirring it. And we as a staff team said, we want to back that. That's beautiful. How can we get behind it? That's our job as a staff team. Um, to serve the congregation and to point the congregation towards the person of Jesus, towards the kingdom of God. So can we just get our staff to stand, all of our staff, um, apprentices, all of the staff. Can we just give these guys a massive thank you? Um, I really believe in leading by example. The part of the, the job of the leadership team, the staff team, is to lead by example. So we basically looked at the giving of, of the staff team in the last financial year to see like whether people were like giving financially. And, and the, the result that came back in, honestly, when I read the stat, I wept. I wept. I was so proud of, of the staff team. Um, 30 people, eight of the staff are apprentices, so they give two and a half days. In other words, they don't get paid. Um, and I know what we pay our staff team, right? Um, And let's just put it like this. You don't get into ministry for the money. So we don't pay our staff like big, big salaries at all. And yet the sacrificial giving. So of the 750,000 that was given last year, um, 107,000 was given by the staff team. 107,000. That's incredible. So of 800, the staff team represent 30, like close to 4%. And 4% gave 15, almost 15% of the income. Now we're not saying this to brag, but I want you to know we as a staff team, we are all in. We are making sacrifices because we believe the spirit of God is stirring something at this time. And we want to be all in with our time, our energy, our affection, but yes, our money too. We believe this is a pivotal moment in our story. Um, More than that, we asked our staff team to go before the congregation in pledging what they might give in this coming year. So of the sort of 250 new money on top of what was given last year. So we asked the staff, were they planning to up their giving or maybe reduce their giving, depending on life um, circumstances? Um, were they wanting to make a one-off gift? There was no pressure whatsoever. We asked them to give joyfully if they wanted to give at all. Um, and of the 250 new money that we're, we're looking for, this is what the staff have pledged to give in the year ahead. £32,000. Now, again, honestly, 
it, this moves me so much. And the only reason I share it is because I want you to know this isn't bragging right. This is wanting you to know that we as a staff team, we are all in. And the simple invitation is, would you come and join us in this new chapter in the life of KXE? So here, here's the reminder. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? My one task in the vision talk today is to help you perceive actually that this is a new season. The spirit is at work. Acts 4, all the believers were one in heart and mind, all in. What would it look like if 800 people at KXE said, look, this is a moment of cultural uncertainty. Everyone's freaking out about Brexit and about the economy and and political situation. What if the church said, we're going to rise up and we're going to be all in and we're going to follow the model of the early church, proclaiming the gospel, alleviating suffering where we come across it, trying to, you know, be creative and bring in renewal to culture. This is a moment to be all in. Why don't we stand together?